The topic of the share has been for the last week or two is there a bright side to life? Luckily the answer was yes. <laughs> Just touch and go. <laughs> is there a bright side to life? The idea being as follows. And we trace this idea through a variety of different um, de destinations in terms of Torah perspective. The conclusion we came to was as follows that the relationship between good and evil in the creation is the relationship which describes is described often by an analogy of light and darkness the obviously good referring to light and the evil referring to darkness and in our approach to life there's almost a overriding principle which pops up recurringly throughout Torah and that is that the goal always is to uncover the light within the darkness. Ultimately, we strive for a illuminated existence. The process to get that is by dispelling the darkness, the light is revealed. We express this idea in the context of both the present day situation that the world finds itself in which is the stage before the redemption before the Gula as well as in the stage after the Gula and we made an equation to that and the rescue of Yosef HaTzadik Joseph from his prison sentence so let us begin in the particular and expand to the general the particular is Yosef HaTzadik is put into prison He's done so for, three, for two years. Immediately as two years comes to an end, then Pharaoh has his dream, and then the Sarah Mashkin, the um, wine steward, wine steward, Sarah Mashkin, cup bearer. I've never heard of a cup bearer. I've been to a bar. Well, I haven't really. Well, a bartender because it's nice a bartender the bartender says to Pharaoh he says listen he says there's an amazing person that can solve your issue that you're having with your dream and immediately as the two years come to a close Yosef HaTzadik is rescued from the prison but the the point is the timing emphasized by the word in the Chumash Mikates at the conclusion of two years exactly that Yeritsuhu he's rushed out from the prison almost as if there's no time to spare now the difference between a momentary rescue a rescue which happens in a second Ezekiel and a ever evolving rescue a rescue which slowly but surely comes about is that when the rescue is immediate it means that the factors required to create the redemptive qualities were present prior to the revelation coming into being in other words the difference between a growing redemption and an immediate redemption is the difference between the existence prior to the redemption occurring to the redemption being there in a latent fashion. The potential is present, it's just hidden. And the process of redemption is an uncovering. It's not a creation, it's not a manufacturing. 
In other words, Yosef HaTzadik was free. He was always free. He was covered over from that freedom for a period of two years for whatever reasons were present that allowed that covering over of his freedom, that restriction of his freedom. The minute the reasons came to an end, the restrictions were lifted and he's free. But it wasn't that he needed to gain his freedom. Similarly, in the global sense, the world is redeemed. The light is present. The world is living in an illuminated state of awareness of a creator, but that awareness is buried. The redemption is the uncovering, not the creation of a new state, but the uncovering of a pre-existing state. You following me? In other words, it's a very different perspective of the nature of good and evil. The nature of good and evil is not that evil has a hand, a handle, and good has a handle, but good is the ultimate nature of creation. And evil is an obscuring of our vision into seeing that. And this is true in the global sense, and this is true in the personal sense. In other words, when we look at ourselves, and we see that we are a conglomeration of good and evil, how do we define our essence? Our essence is defined by a pure undiluted ray of light which cannot be extinguished, only obscured. The process of growth is not of creation, it's of revelation. If we trace this idea all the way back to the place where we began, is there a bright side to life? The obvious answer is, there is only a bright side to life, but often it's obscured. And therefore, because we understand this principle, this links directly into the Jewish conception of what emuna means, faith. Emuna means that regardless of the seemingly unlikely possibility of being rescued from the situation that you're presently in, the unlikelihood of being rescued is absolutely irrelevant because the ultimate nature of, rela- of reality is good and therefore the seeming predicament is only a covering all one needs to do is uncover that predicament and the goodness will shine through and that's why the Gemara in Brachot says that even if a sharp sword is rested on the neck of a person person should not give up hope from mercy because even though the sword is descending upon his neck but there is no reality to that fiendish foe that threatens his life because the ultimate reality is goodness is existence which is connected when to its true source to an eternal point in other words understanding that you are truly good is directly linked into the way we work with ourselves and is directly linked into the way we perceive the trials and tribulations which befall us through the course of our life. They're all part of a similar continuum, which is that the underlying, the bedrock of being is pure and diluted goodness. It's light, which is absolutely clear and radiant. However, the process of our lifetimes, internally and externally, is to chip away at the different crustaceans, encrustations which cover over that light to reveal it. The process of this revelation requires what's known as a paradigm flexibility. What prevents 
this process from occurring. What allows us to deprive ourselves of the fundamental faith in the Gu'ula is that we feel that when we're trapped into a particular way of seeing things there can be no way out because in our momentary vision of what's occurring through those lenses so there's a tragic outcome to our present circumstance however if we just shift our vision and you turn things from a different viewpoint so you'll see that there was never a problem to begin with now the way we explored this in last in the last year was the event that occurred to the brothers of Yosef HaTzadik they come before him and they've made an entire elaborate legal structure to explain why Yosef HaTzadik should be eliminated from the Jewish people and they felt when they did so they were doing so with an absolute justification and they felt that they were collaborating with the Creator's plan what occurs is the opposite of a revelation it's a, revela- a revelation in reverse when they come across Yosef and he reveals himself in the palace and then at that moment in time the entire world is turned upside down because everything which was good becomes bad and everything which was bad becomes good they assume that he was the ultimate throw of the Jewish people he was doomed to destruction and they were going to be the preservers of the nation they were doing what is right and just and in that one moment everything turns upside down suddenly his dreams are true their vision was completely faulted. The entire perception of reality was coming from a skewed perspective. And he, in fact, is the ruler in Egypt, symbolic of the fact that he's the one in charge. And their elaborate, constructive thought process was completely faulted. That's the opposite perspective of a revelation, but it employs the same methodology. The methodology being paradigm flexibility yes I'm seeing things this way today but tomorrow let me see things differently as long as the person's stuck within a fixed paradigm he stagnates and essentially he kisses life goodbye because life is the vitality of change stagnation is the beginning of death the physical world by its very nature does not have multiple perspectives it's limited to the finite barriers and parameters which contain which are contained within space and time the spiritual world has no such problem therefore spirituality is the constant vitality the life force which gives us the potential to keep on living and growing and changing and expanding the more we become constricted and inhibited by the ideas which engulf us which are bound by the parameters of the physical world the more we encroach upon death everything in the physical world ultimately comes to an end everything in the spiritual world has no end because it's not limited by the constraints that we live within and therefore the process of life is to be able to break these constrictions and come out of these shackles which allows us to understand a very puzzling point in the late event in, in this week's parish. In other words, the first thing we said is that there's this reverse revelation occurring amongst the brothers and Joseph where they're stuck in this paradigm of what the world is and then auto- immediately or all of a sudden they see Yosef and the entire world is absolutely shattered and they have to construct from scratch an entirely new paradigm which, which is just absolute and it happens in a second. It's not a gradual process. That one event of Ani Yosef, boom, everything falls to pieces and the new world is presented to them. That is essentially the world of the Gola. 
their Geula was an extremely painful one because they had the misinterpretation of the world. They essentially experienced the experience, and the major says this, of dying. The experience of dying, not that I know, is um, the experience where the reality is pitted against your subjective construction of what you believe reality was. It's the two videos in heaven scenario. You know about the two videos, Nick? You can imagine, right? There's the video that that is your life, and there's the video that what your life should have been. And so those two videos, it could be like, okay, we can... I don't think you're ready for it yet. So we'll move to the next point in the parasha. And the next point in the parasha, and this is a very confusing thing. Not that everything else we said wasn't, but this is even more confusing. So the parasha goes on, and essentially what the, the brothers of Yosef experience is this absolute reworking of the entire vision of reality. And it's shocking for them. And they suddenly realize that everything they thought was right was wrong, and everything they thought was wrong was right. Now, you want that to happen in your lifetime. <laughs> because... If you, that doesn't happen in your lifetime, it becomes extremely frustrating when you can't go back and fix it up, as one can imagine. What happens is, as a result, they experience this burning, burning emotional fire that consumes them and threatens their entire vision of reality. And the major says, This was the rebuke. The rebuke was pitting against my vision of reality to the ultimate reality and the conflict between the two. But what seems absolutely evident is that the brothers bear the responsibility for their actions. In other words, they made, based on their own bias, some type of wrong calculation correct they're responsible for their actions and that's why they experience the pain of shame we go a bit further in the parasha and Yosef HaTzadik seems to make an appeal to them and tries to assuage their guilt and he says the following thing. You never sent me here. But the Creator, God. And then he goes on. He says, you, you made me. You, it wasn't you. It was divinely orchestrated. It wasn't you who did this to me. It was divine providence that wanted me to be here so I would be able to sustain you in a time of famine. Do you see how things get a little bit hairy at this point in time? Dodgy, sketchy, tenuous. Because at this point in time it seems as if the entire culpability of the brothers is removed from their shoulders and placed into the hands of divine providence. The whole point that we built up until this point in time was that the brothers are, they have got, they've got this whole like calculated way of perceiving things and therefore they make decisions, their decisions have a bearing on Yosef and then it all comes out wrong and then they said, how could we have done that? 
and then Yosef says back to them you shouldn't do anything it was all from Hashem uh, that's called Rabbi in English or in French a contradiction a contradiction it's a contradiction that is, that, that is a contradiction it's a contradiction <laughs> meaning either they were the ones who were responsible and it wasn't divine providence it was the choice of the brothers who botched up and sent someone to what they thought would be slavery comes out mastery either that's that's what it is or no they weren't responsible and it was a divinely orchestrated plot to get a person like Yosef into a position of power to assist the Jewish people in a time of need but it can't be it can't be both and over here Yosef says don't worry you don't have to feel bad my dear brothers because you didn't do anything wrong well then why was there the sense of contrite contriteness contrition doesn't sound good does it contrite kite it's a Yiddish word contrite kite-ishness because why were they why were they upset? why were they upset at this point you're right we didn't do anything it's all Hashem that's a, that's a problem now what's an even deeper problem is our great leader and teacher Rabbi Yerucham really hammers this home uh, point home and he says <coughs> and he says but unfortunately as he's about to start speaking we're about to conclude this lesson so therefore we'll stop there before we explore this contradiction further and we'll have to resume at a later stage thank you for your rapt attention your consistent rapt attention